You see, people collect all kinds of things. New, old, priceless, worthless. Darling, it doesn't matter what. I simply must know why. Those mothballs shouldn't get to keep all the secrets. This is the Mothball Prophecies. Hello and welcome to the Mothball Prophecies. I'm Samantha Mashburn. I'm Jill Huffman. And I'm Melissa Daw. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa's with us today because as you saw from the title of the episode today, we're sitting down with our very own uh. Jill. <laughs> and she's so excited. I'm so excited. <laughs> she's very, she's pumped. If, um, if you know Jill, she's pretty quiet when she needs to be, pretty reserved, and I'm very excited for our listeners to hear more of your story because they hear way too much of my stories. I know. My husband was like, oh, this should be fun. I was <laughs> like, I like being an enigma. I don't want people to know about me. Mysterious. Yeah. So we invited none other than friend of the pod slash let's find her a job. Yeah. Heck yes. Here I am. And Melissa is a great choice also as well as Spellcheck. But Melissa, they do their own podcast. If you guys are new, Melissa and Eric Daw do mm -hmm. their podcast, The Fret Files. So they're here with us today and we're going to get to the nitty gritty. No, it's not going to take long. So yeah, <laughs> it will. It will be great. Stop. So we've talked a little bit about how you and I have like met and mm -hmm. came to this but so that's kind of where the listenership knows the beginning of your story mm -hmm. where when did you start collecting i didn't really start collecting until mm, until at really my grandma gave me some of my great grandma's pots and pans when she passed away she so um, she passed away and my mom and my grandma were going through her stuff and my mom was like, well, do you want any of this? And I was like, well, what's there? And at the time my husband and I just, I think just, we just had our twins and, um, she's like, well, she's got some pots and pans. I was like, oh, I'll take those. I need new ones. I need pots and pans. <laughs> and so I got some quilts and stuff, um, from my, uh, that my great grandma had made. She had started a bunch. She had a bunch of toppers because she did everything by hand. Oh. And so I think I have like several <laughs> of her toppers that she had finished, but then just never. And I was like, I'll, I'll finish those. No, I don't know anything about sewing. <laughs> Go for it, Jill. <laughs> Even just stared at me like, mm hmm. Yeah, she'll then finish those. Those will be in a box, <laughs> which they are. How old were you? Um, let's see. I, had my I was like 27, okay. 28, wow. maybe 28. So you came into it pretty late then. Pretty late. My mom used to collect country kitschy stuff and that. And I was just like, that's what I thought. That's all that was. Yeah. Mm. I didn't know there was other realms mm -hmm. of collecting. And so, yeah. So it started with my great grandma's pots and pans and I got some dishes of hers. And then it kind of just slowly snowballed from there. And now, no, that's and now I have like thirty boxes still to be unpacked in my house. <laughs> Do you? What kind of pots and pans were they? You know, I don't. Were they like that? They were the like the aluminum, oh, okay. like the good ones that yeah. they're not. 
you have to use some kind of oil or the food will stick to it. Mm-hmm. Are they? I think they're similar to. They have like a four leaf clover on the bottom. Yeah, I think so. My uh, my parents got those as a wedding present. Have you ever seen those? Pizza? I don't think so. They were like real popular in the oh late seventies, early eighties. Yeah, I just know she's had she had them forever, and that's all she ever cooked. And that, it's funny when I first got them, I could always smell fried chicken when I cooked with them mm, because she always cooked fried a real chicken. Heavy saucepan. Mm-hmm. They're like cast aluminum. Yeah, and they were like, and they could go. You could put the entire pot in the stove mm-hmm. with the lid on. And well, it had like a, maybe it was a Bakelite top. Ooh, now that you said that, I think the handles might be Bakelite. It might be. And I think I broke one of the handles. No. Well, How dare you? I know. Actually, my husband did, but. Damn it, Ethan. Taking one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> well, because, and for the listeners that are jumping in on this episode, you grew up in the Air Force, in the military, because mm-hmm. your dad was in the Air Force. Yeah, my dad was in the Air Force until I was. 18 he retired the year i graduated high school and so we weren't the air force family that flew around everywhere i think we (laughs) we were in spokane and then we went to san bernardino and then my dad actually did um what they call a tdy so a little tour in iceland and looking back when i was older i was really pissed at my mom i was like why didn't we go to iceland yeah i want to go to iceland i want to go to iceland yeah and yeah, my mom was like, no, there's no way in hell we're going to Iceland. So we actually stayed with my grandparents. Was for she worried now. about something in Iceland? Like fairies? No, she was just, she, my mom is very like family oriented. So she didn't want to be away, away from, from her everybody. parents. Yeah. And same. So how long was he in Iceland? He was there, gosh, I think like a year and a half, maybe two years. Ugh, I could spend that long in Iceland. No problem. No problem. I know. Well, and then so we actually got stationed in Mountain Home. Before that, and my mom's like, no, I'm not living here. <laughs> Take me back to Washington. Take me to Iceland, you son of a bitch. Because I just this? remember we were driving, and I was like, because, you know, mountain home, you yes. think yeah. mountains. Nope. And they even sent us, like, uh, they they give you, like, little information on the where you're going. And it literally was pamphlets of the mountains with, like, mountain goats and animals. <laughs> oh, shit. And so we're driving, and I look around, and I'm like, when are we getting there? Because yeah. <laughs> I see the mountains, like, way out there, and my dad's, like, 30 minutes. And I'm like, what? <clears throat> my mom's looking. She's like, this is the desert. Yeah, they and really <laughs> Then my dad's like, you. it's a bombing range. Where do you think yeah. that would be? <laughs> Yep. Called Mountain Home. Hi, welcome to the United States yeah. military. A little bait and switch will do you some good. So, yeah, so then we turned back and stayed with my grandparents while my dad was in Iceland. And then Mountain Home was the last base. Oh, no. Yeah, that's the base we were. T- well, and then I found out that, well, I remember when we were little, like the choices were Idaho, England, or Japan. You got Idaho. And my mom's like, we're going to Idaho. So my sister and I were like, oh, where's that at? And my mom's like, it's like eight hours across yeah. that way. And we're like, no, wait. <laughs> but England is across that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why I started telling people I used to live in Antarctica. <laughs> it's basically Add a little spice. Thing. I know. So did your dad collect anything? Um, No, not really. My dad was a tinker, so I mean, 
he was a jet engine mechanic, so he could fix anything. I didn't know that. Yeah, he, um, oh God, I'm going to screw it up. I think he was like the F-15 fighter jets. That makes sense. Yeah. We can always, we can get a hold of him and (laughs) verify. I'll call dad and be like, dad, so. What did you do again? I know, I know he was a crew chief, um, on a, so he had his own plane that he was in charge of to take care of. Oh. And so then he was also during, uh, Desert Storm, he went over there to Turkey. Oh, wow. At least I think it was Turkey. That's what he told us. (laughs) Yeah. He couldn't really tell us a lot. He'd just be like, I'm okay. We'd get letters and like, he'd send us stuff from there and it would just be like, I'm fine. (laughs) I'm guys. It's great. Turkey's great. That's it's just a postcard, and all it says is I'm okay. Yeah, but yeah. fine. Not ominous. I at just all. yeah. He left actually on my 16th birthday to go to Desert Storm. Wow. Yeah. You got some trauma you need to unpack there. No, like it was fine. We actually celebrated my birthday before. That's why in my family it never bothered me to move holidays because that's what you did in the military. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. I guess that's true. Like Christmas was usually in July, <laughs> which like if you're in Australia, it is. Yeah. So see, it's Christmas is there July, but it's December that's there July. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Because of the it's southern the hemisphere thing, <laughs> you know, it's not winter there; it's summer. It's summer. Summer weather. It's a little hot. Too much. We all know how I feel about heat. Speaking of heat, I bought, we're in my basement, which we turned the furnace off, right? And stuff, so it's Mm -hmm. not loud. Mm -hmm. And So I, we know, am not, uh, don't like heat, generally always run hot, but Melissa does not. So I bought heated blankets (laughs) for Jill and Melissa for the lizards of the podcast. Mine is cranked. Yeah. I know. I think mine is, oh yeah, mine's cranked too. I'm so thank proud. you. And I have a lap quilt. A quilt. Not even like a fuzzy blanket. I'm waiting for you to like throw it off. Yeah, it's going to take my... Hold on. <laughs> Guys, Jesus. I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm so hot. I'm so hot in here, guys. Yeah, but... Sorry. Sidebar city. <laughs> it's early. Um, I just... It's always so... Because you grow up in such a singular way. Like... You have your family and what you're used to. Mm-hmm. And then you start to hear other people's experiences. Mm-hmm. And then you, it's, you know, like that quote of like you walk by somebody on the street and they have a million different stories than you. And when I hear these stories of people that didn't start collecting until they were in their 20s. Yeah. I'm like, I just picture you basically living in like the first part of the corpse bride where it's all black and gray. <laughs> You haven't discovered. I know. I haven't like found the light. <laughs> your first old thing comes in and your house just starts being painted and there's I... a symphony. And... No. And a lot, of, a lot of it also was because we had just had the twins. So we were poor. Yeah. Because <laughs> twins take money. <laughs> yeah. Double. Oh, God. <laughs> I just remember when my twins were born, <laughs> we had read something like by the end of the year, you know, taking care of your kid you'll spend like one million dollars i was like oh jesus double it that's two million dollars <laughs> how are we gonna do it oh it filled with uh this weird parenting combination of like pure heart destroying adoration mm-hmm. and then just a like sprinkle of self-loathing yeah <laughs> for what you've done yeah exactly 
This is a this a healthy little tap. Just a little bit. Mm-hmm. But no, so and then that's kind of when I started, like I snowballed from there. Cause then I found um I can't remember. I found a Pyrex and it was just a simple one. And I was like, oh, this is sturdy. <laughs> That's how it was. I was like, oh, it's sturdy. Cause I had like, you know, like they do now, it's like glass, but it's not as thick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had kept dropping them. Oh no. Like, I well. dropped, I was like, stop, don't move. I dropped it again. And my husband's like, go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is um you can definitely tell you were a member of the military when you're looking at things utilitarian. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I don't like when, <laughs> so it's funny to me when people are like, I have this pristine in this case. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. And I'm just like throwing shit around. Yeah. Like, oh, that. I, yeah. It's like 1950s. It's fine. No, don't. It's, it fell off the counter once. So the tempered's a little fucked. So don't drop it again yeah. or it's going to explode <laughs> into a million pieces. Yeah. Like, that's why it's funny to me if somebody won't get some Pyrex that's scratched or anything. And I'm like, it's still a good bowl. Yeah. yeah. Like, I can still put some potato salad in it. It's fine. I'm basically <laughs> a bowl with a lot of scratches. And people still like me. I know. I know. Exactly. See? So. When it started, when did it start with dishware? Yeah, it did. It started with dishware, and now it's led to so many different directions. Like, my latest thing is um, monkey pod dishware. What is that? It's um, wood, and... And so you've seen it. I know you've seen well, it. Melissa's like... I'm like, yes. yeah, I have several. I have several yeah. pieces. Tell me. Yeah, I've, like... I started with a pint, like a shaped as a pineapple because I'm half Hawaiian. So I'm like, pineapple, everything. Yes. (laughs) And so then we went to Hawaii and I saw more and I'm like, oh, now I have to have it. Except it's a bitch to clean. Yeah. Because you can't just throw it in the dishwasher. Yeah. I just use mine for like knickknacks, like jewelry and stuff. That's what all I have now. And so my husband bought some stuff and it was from Taiwan. And it has like the written in it or something like that. But yeah, so that's been my latest session. Uh, I Googled it. Did you Google? I figured that's what you were doing. She's over there on her phone. Never pulled my phone out so fast. I'm like, I don't know what this is. What is it? It's left out. Okay. I found something Sam doesn't know about. Yeah. I, okay. Now I know what it is. Yeah. So Good to know. Jill, I feel like, because I, you know, I've, I'm a friend of the podcast. Mm-hmm. I've yes, listened to yes. all the shows, um, but I feel like I don't have a good handle on what like your era is. Like everybody's got an era. Yeah, I don't feel like I understand exactly. I'm, I'm like a magpie. If it's okay. shiny and cute, I'll take it. I don't care what yeah. it is. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, going through my stuff, I have everything ranging from mid-century to like I have some Victorian glassware I found. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I know. I looked at it. I was like, when did I get this? <laughs> it's really, it's hard to like, it's like you said, like I've known Jill for, which I'm going to post. I found some pictures on my Facebook of uh, the first time we cut your hair off. Oh, really? And I have short blonde hair and a hat on. The hat is not a new thing, ladies yeah, and no. gentlemen. It's, it's a character identifier. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like we've been friends for almost eight years 
if I, I'll have to go back and look. But that's the thing is like, as, Melissa, as long as her and I have been antiquing together, I will like walk through a sale and I know there's like certain indicators that I know she's going to be into, but then she'll completely surprise me and I'll be like, oh, okay. You're going to go, okay. Yeah, I do. I am. Yeah. Nobody. And that's how my life is, period. <laughs> like I don't stick to one thing. Mm -mm. Like as soon as I hit... I was like 37, 38. I got my first sleeve. Mm -hmm. And everybody's oh. like, wait, you you're, like tattoos? You're going to get tattoos? You're tattooing the whole arm at <laughs> one go? One time. And I'm like, no, it's over three different sessions. But yeah. Yeah. But now I have both arms heavily mm -hmm. tattooed. And I just am always revolved. And I think that's because you're in the military. It's like you're always changing. Like you always yeah. have to adapt. Mm hmm and when I came here, it was just, like, to me, I thought it was the Amish community. I was like, <laughs> where the hell did you bring me? Right. It's very much its own culture. And you, Melissa, mm -hmm. when did you move to Idaho? How old uh, were you? I was seven. Okay. Seven or eight. So you wouldn't have necessarily noticed the cult personality so much at that age? I definitely felt, like, n at first I wasn't, like... I don't want to say ostracized, but um, <clears throat> I had a lot of LDS friends at first. Mm -hmm. And then like when I, I feel like it was around puberty, when we started hitting puberty, mm -hmm. then mm -hmm. they stopped wanting to be my friend anymore. And yeah, was that like, was my experience. Also. Well, fuck you then. Yeah, I had a similar experience at around puberty of all of my friends either giving me something I'm not going to do the full story because I don't want to make anybody feel real bad. But like giving me something with a letter in it being like, well, OK, I don't know. Aww. Should I just say it? I guess it's my experience. Yeah. I had yeah. a lot of friends, but not a lot. I had a couple friends give me a Book of Mormon with a letter inside basically saying like one or the other. Like either you're going to read this and become a member yeah. and we can still be friends or this is the end of our relationship. And I just remember being like, what? what like this why is this such a big deal this yeah. year did you notice a shift like that when you came here or were you just used to change well it's weird too when i came here because even when i we moved here in 2004 mm -hmm. i think and uh i just remember because i worked at the hospital over there telling everybody it's like oh my boyfriend finally proposed to me so now i have to move with him because that's because <laughs> we went to school here and mm -hmm. ISU and I said I'm never coming back over here to this side like, of the yeah. it's just boring there yeah. is no college vibe like there is in Boise and um and we never came to Idaho Falls so I never even oh, knew anything funny. about Idaho Falls and so when I told everybody in Boise I was moving there they're like oh be prepared <laughs> and I'm like what are you talking about because I had a lot of LDS friends in Boise and they're yeah. like you'll find out and I'm like, yeah. no, I want to know now. Tell yeah. me now. Like, what am I stepping into? And they're like, they're just different. And I'm like, guys, you all are in the same religion. Right. It's fine. Yeah. But when I came here, I was just like, holy shit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's super very different. different. I, I actually did. I went into like a little bit of a depression because I told my, my husband now. I was just like, I can't. Yeah. I was like, what are we going to do? And I don't want anybody listening to these stories to think that this is in reference to that uh, theology no and it's just it was just different yeah it's, it's a it's a cultural thing over here yes. it's just um 
they the LDS are more tightly knit here. I feel it like. is, and yeah. it's it was really hard making friends over here mm-hmm. because if it just felt if you weren't part of their culture, then it was like you're yeah yeah you're not one of us and it was fine because growing up you know you had to work to find your group yes and I always struggle with how to talk about our experiences with that because it is it's it's a huge part of my story my experience with certain people within that faith yeah have definitely shaped my personal timeline yeah in a lot of ways yeah it's just just weird like it was just weird coming to because i'm like i said i'm used to having to adapt but it was like i couldn't adapt yeah and then um until i found my group and it took a while i always we always joke that um because when i was pregnant my husband worked at the inl and um some people he finally met they're like oh come out to the baseball game with us and it was summer Mm -hmm. and I think it was like July it was like literally the hottest day of the year and I enjoy being in the heat I wanted to kill people because I was seven months pregnant with twins twins. oh my god (laughs) and that's the day my really good friend Sarah and I like that's what the beginning of our relationship so we always joke like that was the day of our meeting when I was hot as hell and they were all drinking beer. Oh, no. <laughs> and I went and got a margarita flavored snow cone. <laughs> right? <laughs> You're like, you sons of bitches. But yeah, it took a while before we found a group of friends that fit us mm-hmm. the same way we fit for them. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't it wasn't the fact that I felt ostracized. It was just like it took me a while to find my group. Yeah. Yeah. It was just different. And coming from the Air Force where you were always around, like I've been around people of all different religions and cultures, and this was almost the hardest one to break. Yeah, for kinda. sure. For yeah. sure. And I, I mean, I grew up in uh, Shelley, which was very small, very tight knit, very much its own. Yeah. I don't even know how to put an ecosystem yeah. of people. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, Idaho Falls is is the freedom part of it. Like I went, as soon as I could move outside of Shelley... I moved to Idle Falls and I know it doesn't seem like such a big difference, but it was yeah. like, especially building my own business. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I got to start somewhere that's got a little bit more people. Well, and that was the weirdest thing to me too. when somebody would be like, Oh, you're a so-and-so. Oh, so you're related to And I'm like, huh? Yeah. And then they would be like, oh, you're a Huffman. Are you related to... I'm like, nope. Nope. <laughs> None of the Huffmans are here. I am yeah. the only... Like, we're it. Like, mm-hmm. all our Huffmans are everywhere else. But Out of here. It, that was weird to me when everybody was like, oh, so-and-so is, like, married to my cousin and, like, just around the circle. And I was just like, I need a map. Yeah. yeah. It's that everybody knows everybody yep. thing. Yeah. When I when I married my husband, that's how... It, like, Because I, I don't have very many relatives here, but uh, my husband has... Probably hundreds, yeah. if not thousands yeah, of yeah, relatives yeah, yeah. here. So like, oh, you're a da? Do you know XYZ? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's my cousin. And <laughs> thanks for being a weirdo. Thanks for... <laughs> yeah, because and then people will hear my maiden name's Winberg, right? Mm-hmm. And no, none of the Winbergs live here except for my family. They mm-hmm. all live back east in Michigan, in the Midwest. And then they'll hear my maiden or my married name now, Mashburn. And they go, oh, are you? And I went, literally none of them are from here. It's nice to have like this weird last name that makes me like an outsider. Yeah, I know. And it was weird, too, because um, 
uh, we went to Hawaii and my dad was like, oh, go see cousin. Da, 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 da. Like he's like telling me all these. I'm like, dad, no, I don't know any of these people. Mm-mm. I just just want to go on vacation with my family. <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. like, they'll give you a real luau. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want a real luau. Like, it's fine. I don't like to make eye contact with people. Like, I, I do know. know. I'm like, dad, I don't like to talk. <laughs> yeah. Let's not. Yeah. Pa. Yeah. So was it there? Was it your parents' intention? Did they just like mountain home enough to just stay there? Or was it like, we're not ever moving again? I don't know. Like they, cause my dad retired and I think it was just by the time he retired, it was hard finding work outside the military. And he started working, I think at Micron in Boise. Okay. And they didn't, they like the city, but they don't like the city. Like they don't like to be in the middle of it and so mountain home like mountain homes just close enough and far enough that it works for them right and then it kind of worked out for my husband and I because his family is from CUNA and it literally is an hour mm-hmm. apart from mountain home mm-hmm. and so I don't know they just have never and my dad's a big bass fisher and so oh. there's really good bass fishing around mountain home and stuff so he never wants to leave right it's kind of got it's kind of got everything you would want. Yeah, in. the city itself is kind of it's just pancake flat and deserty, but it's got mm-hmm. a lot of stuff around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I figure you know if you're gonna live on one side of the state, you're either gonna live in Idaho Falls, mm-hmm. like here, or you're gonna live somewhere in one of the cities surrounding Boise, yeah, just because they're the biggest uh, kind of metropolitan. I use that word very lightly. Boise is definitely it's getting there. Yeah, yeah. like even. <laughs> My husband always jokes around when we move, every time we go down there to see family, he's like, oh, it's getting so much bigger. That's traffic. And I'm like, oh, my God, you make your sound sound like 80. Easy, Wilmer. Let's get in the I'm car. I'm like, I'm loving it. Look at all this traffic yeah. and all these stores. And oh, my God. Like, it's well, bad. Right. And for uh, listeners of the pod, it's Boise. Not Boise. Not Boise. No. Boise. We punch you in the face if you say Boise. Oh, we, yeah. We also punch you with the S. Boise. I know when we watch Boise State play on like ESP and all that, and the announcer's like Boise, and I'm Boise, like Idaho, I'm like twittering, yeah, like, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know why we say stuff weird, but yeah. I don't, I don't either. And then we get really offensive if you say it wrong. Yeah, like, totally. But there's a couple towns close to us that have French names, and we're like Montpelier, <laughs> Dubois, 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 Lava. Yeah, yeah when my um my husband's mom was going to be moving to the area she would we would be talking on the phone and she goes so i'm looking at some houses in dubois (laughs) amon and i said and i was just like i was like no dubois amon i'm like we're not that fancy we're not fancy we just take fancy names and make it our own we like french stuff but we don't like french pronunciation you're wrong bitch (laughs) (laughs) Not us. No way. So when you were like out of the depths of toddlerhood and less, um, not saying that they don't break shit, but less apt to break things. Did you feel your collection starting to get into like more collectible stuff and less utilitarian stuff? Mm, No, not really. Because I like to entertain Mm -hmm. and I like to show people my stuff I find. 
But no, I've never, it's always been, I always buy stuff that's useful. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if I can't use it, then I'm not going to buy it. Because I, I mean, I do have knickknacks. Like I've got um, this really pretty um, Hawaiian girl statue that's made out of pressed lava. That, what? Um, yeah, Ethan found it at, um, I think, a Goodwill in Boise. He had gone down there for work and he's like, I bought you the coolest thing ever. And I... <laughs> His surprises can go either way. <laughs> like, I love him to death, but I never know what I'm going to get. And then he brought me and it was super cool. And I can't find her right now. And I'm super pissed. Oh, shit. Like that kind of stuff. I will buy like little Nicky neck stuff like that because you have to put stuff on the shelf for people mm -hmm. to look at. But mm -hmm. most of my stuff I use. Good. Yeah. And I love that. I think harkening back to what I always say is like, I always thought it was one thing, you know, and like my grandma's antiques, we, it was once a year at Christmas, you would use the fine china or if there was company. Yeah. But it's, everything was always in a case. Mm hmm. Everything. Yeah. And so, and I still find myself going like, oh, that's a nice dish. We can't. <laughs> no, you gotta. And then I'm like, no. So what if it breaks? Yes. The, yeah. And my husband is that way. Like he doesn't, when I do pull out certain pieces, he's like, you're going to use that? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it will go perfect with this dinner. It's a theme. Mm -hmm. But he, because his background is, um, his dad was, uh, he broke horses. And so everything was always dirty or broken and all that kind of yeah. stuff. So now he wants to keep everything very pristine and clean. And, and I'm just like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. If it breaks, whatever. <laughs> it was a memory. Yeah. You know? And that's everything I use. Like, and that's why when I buy stuff, especially the stuff that is scratched or a little broken, I always think, oh, I bet a kid like came by and like did something and yeah. this is what happened mm -hmm. like that's the kind of stuff i like i like the broken things yes. right isn't that like in japan they they fix things with gold get out of my uh -huh. brain and it's like because the the break is part of the story of the object yeah, yeah. and so they want to highlight it yeah and that's it, yeah it's one of the most endearing when i first heard that i it just filled me with like sunshine because i was like what because i love I am a highly imaginative person. Mm -hmm. And when I see something, like you said, at an estate sale or even the DI or wherever, mm -hmm. and it's got a dent or a chip or this or that, I'm just like, it's like the chip in Beauty and the Beast. I'm yeah, like, it's the little cup. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, what do you do? Why do you have this breaking? I know. Yeah. When I heard about the Japanese, I was like, see, mm -hmm. it's cultural. That's why I want the broken yeah. stuff. That's it. That's it. Now, it's just like me. <laughs> I'm also broken. I'm so much broken. So much broken. Yeah. Real talk. Yeah. But it's fine. It's fine. That's why I get tattoos. Mm -hmm. I fill in the lines. Yes. <laughs> this is my gold fix. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. This is um yeah, so this was when no, just, yeah. <laughs> Each Does... tattoo is a trauma. <laughs> yes. I don't know how you deal with it, but me it's very much performance art. <laughs> I just, you know, I'm always just a little teetery. There you go. Some would say. Yeah. Teetery. So, okay. So now you, because Melissa joined me last time for our curio corner and now you're in your new house. Mm -hmm. Now are you looking at it now that we have the show to be like, okay, I can put this here, this here. Like, is Oh, it, most definitely. Has it changed your perspective on your own collecting? Now I look at bigger pieces. <laughs> <laughs> Got to fill up the walls. I'm like, oh, I, I have a room full of nothing. Like, yeah, yeah. I now, 
I'm trying to mix my because, like I said, I have different eras, different styles. Mm-hmm. So now I'm trying to mix and match and stuff like that. And my house will probably be empty for a while because I'm very picky. And right. if it doesn't feel right, I won't do it. Mm-hmm. And my husband, like, there's this couch I want to buy. And my husband's like, well, I don't know. Well, let's think about it. I'm like, no, it's the couch. We must, the we must have it. What is this couch? It's a, it's a, it's a through Target. Wow. Yeah, it's a mid-century looking green couch. Cool. It's just a love seat. It'll be pretty. It's so cute. I love it. I know. I want it so bad. And I just keep showing Ethan. I'm like, look at this. You sure? Look at this. It would look super. If we did it like this, (laughs) what this kind of rug. And he's just like, let's hold off a minute. I'm like, no, I want to buy it. Actually, that's not the answer I was looking for. I know. I'm really impulse fired too. Same. If I, uh, yeah, it's like a detachment. But it's also a gut thing. Like if I know, I know. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how I am with when we go, when we go a station, I just start throwing shit in my cart. And I'm like, I know this is mine. What are some of the things, because we talk about it a lot. We kind of touch on it, but let's do like a real actual breakdown of, for the three of us, the things we're looking for when we go out anywhere, like thrift store, Goodwill, estate sales. Like what's your rolling list of stuff you go through, Jill? Um, I always go to the, like the dishware first. Cause I always am look, like cake platters. I always look for cake platters because mm-hmm. I can use those for just about anything. Mm-hmm. And then I always look at Pyrex cause that's just my go-to. And then I look to like paintings and stuff like that. Like just, I really want a Suruku, um, peacock. Mm-hmm. Oh, those are hard to find. I know. I'm noticing this. <laughs> so listeners out in the wild. Yeah, if you guys see one. Just send us a message on Instagram. Holler. Um, but no, and then I look at furniture. So I always start small and then I go big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about you, Melissa? Um, I usually start with clothes, specifically dresses. I don't like it's harder to find vintage clothes that are not dresses. Yeah. Or skirts. I don't know. I always find dresses. Um, I look at furniture. I don't know. I think it just depends on... I, I do a lot... When I thrift, I do a lot of like, oh, I need a shelf for my shop to store yeah. things. So it's a lot of utilitarian type of stuff. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on my needs. I always check out the craft section because they always have good stuff. Like I love vintage office supplies, yeah. like staplers and stuff. Oh, yeah. But, like, the giant, like, industrial hole punches and, you know, whatever. I just bought a big industrial stapler with, like, the big round knob, and it still has the office (gasps) sticker. Yes. Yeah, I got to put it in my office. That's That's fantastic. What about you, Sam? Oh, it is. I always, it's funny. So it's one of those things I just learned that a lot of people don't have an inner dialogue. Like, people don't have something in their brain all the time. So they don't think? Yeah. What does that they mean? They just don't know. have like that. You know when you look at something, like you look at a lamp and you know it's a lamp, but then you also have that other thing running in your brain, like your internal dialogue. Yeah. Like yeah. When you get up or you're going to do stuff, like some people don't have that. That's really? weird. That sounds How do lonely. They quietly, normally. <laughs> like I catch myself having an outer monologue and I'm like, oh shit. Oh yeah. Cool. So in public. When I go through... And I have realized the older I get, I am a really a creature of habit and routine. Like, so when I go through a thrift store, it's the same pattern. Yes. Every time. Same. So I always look 
um, at our Goodwill, when you first walk in, there's the dishware. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. always look there first. And I look for interesting pieces that are singular. So if there's like a really cool plate on its own, mm-hmm. a bowl, a platter, yeah. whatever. Um, Because I, I am also like, I don't necessarily have a particular era. I am kind of all over the place aesthetically and whatever. So I was I'm looking for something interesting there. And then I always, I'm always on the hunt of like, I'm going to find something somebody looked over. Yeah. And so, and then my husband likes really funny coffee cups. Uh, the coffee cup I was drinking out of this morning says coffee makes me poop. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he always likes really weird. So I always go to the coffee cups and I look for ones that were like shitty white elephant gifts that somebody got rid of because they awesome. live in our house. Yeah. And then I go through the gardening stuff because sometimes there's some really good stuff that gets put out. Um, cooking stuff. I heavily pick through frames and pictures also because that's mm-hmm. the cheapest place to get a frame. Is it a yeah. store? Oh, yeah. And then I recently started looking through candles because candles are expensive. Yeah. And our DI always has a fat stack of candles. Yep. And then so I've just recently started to pick through those because they're generally not picked through. And I found some really great vintage candles Ew. recently. Really pretty tapers. I found, which they kind of look like uh, content warning not for little ears, anal beads. <laughs> <laughs> But they're pumpkins and they're pillars. Are they, though? Well, they don't have a stopper, so don't use it. (laughs) So it's a little pumpkin on top. And then they go to a bigger pumpkin at the bottom with jack-o'-lantern faces. And I was like, funny, but also cute. So I got those. So that's what I go through. And then I go through... um, I'm always looking at things like... I always say, look at something outside of the space it's in. Mm -hmm. Uh So I always am thinking forward a season decoratively before other people are starting to think about it for stuff I I, use. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I do the same thing. And like my uh, best friend from high school, Tammy, I'll always text her like pictures. And I'll be like, what do you think of this? What can I do with this? (laughs) Mm -hmm. And she'll be like, just just get it. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) If you like like, it, just buy it. She's like, if you're sending me a picture, I already know you're going to get it. Yeah. So. But I do the same thing. I'm always looking at holiday stuff. And especially when, like, because my best friend lives in Houston. So I like to go. We always go to the. It's bad down there. I can't God. wait to go. It's so good. <laughs> I found, I've got some old cigar boxes. Oh. Cool. And, but, yeah. So she'll, like, her and I are bad together. <laughs> so much bad. My suitcase comes back 50 pounds heavier. That's me and my best friend, too. Yeah. yeah. And then you and I now. Yes. It's an and Melissa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's bad with like anything estate, vintage, thrift. It's not going to be there later. Right. <laughs> so if you don't get it now, you're not ever going to have it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm always like, well, it could come live with me for a little bit. Yeah, and then I'll get yeah. rid of it someday. Yeah, then I'll yeah. sell it or I'll do this or I'll find. That's the other thing, too. I uh, We tend to kind of hold on to a lot of stuff. And that's the thing is as soon as I get rid of something, literally it'll be like two weeks later, I fucking need it. Yeah. I, yeah. I think that's why I have 30 boxes of stuff. Collectibles? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, you know, and I know like the three of us, all of us are pretty thrifty people Mm -hmm. also out of necessity. And it's just, I cannot pay full price for some things. Yeah. Some things. And like I said, they don't make it like they used to like dishware and stuff. Like 
a lot of my mixing bowls, like my ceramic mixing bowls, are old mixing mm-hmm. bowls. Or like old metal mixing bowls. Like I have this Farberware. Is it no, it's General Electric. So it must have come with a oh. set. Yeah. And it is a, it's a aluminum mixing bowl, but the bottom is flat, but it's almost feels like a burner. Like it was so it's a wide mixing bowl. Like uh-huh. it would have sat in a mixer. Oh okay. but I don't think it sat in a mixer. But it's my favorite bowl. And I found it for fifty cents at a yard sale from some little old lady's house. Love it. I know. I've got um, a juicer mm-hmm. that's like aluminum Ooh. that I bought at one of the estate sales. It's my favorite. <laughs> like, I can drop that thing and throw it across the room and mm-hmm. it will still work. Yeah. Well, and that's how your house is too, Melissa. You guys have a lot of stuff like that. that yeah. Is. Utilitarian type of stuff. Yeah. But a that's... lot of it's vintage. Oh, yeah. And it's still just, it's a workhorse. Yep. Yeah. Totally. When you guys go to like... When you're estate sailing or yard sailing, how do you know, like, in your belly when you pull up that it's a good sale? Because you know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just, I don't know. My husband gets really annoyed with me, too, because I will pass up ones. And he'll be like, no, let's go. Let's just look. And I'm like, mm-hmm. mm. yeah. I look at the clothes, I think. Yeah. The, if it, what's sitting in if the driveway. If it's sitting yeah. in, like, if what's sitting out there, especially if it's, like, a lot of kid stuff, mm-hmm. I know there's not going to be anything I want. Right. Yeah. I feel like even those types of yard sales and estate sales still will have something to yeah. offer me. And so I I'd never judge a book by its cover. I'm always like, I got to go. I got to go check it out. I also have to be in the mood to pick. If I'm not in the mood, yeah, then I true. just won't even mm-hmm. attempt. It. Like mm-hmm. it annoys my husband when I'm like, no, I don't want to. Yeah. Yeah. And he'll want to. And I'm like, go ahead. Just go. Just go. I'm just yeah, going to sit, sit here. here. Yeah. Yeah. The only time I don't want to is if I'm really hungry. So all I have to do is eat. Yeah. If I eat and get a little better mindset. Yeah. Yeah. If I have a latte in my hand, I'm fine. And mine, no surprise, if it starts to get too hot, mm-hmm. I can't. There's no, I feel like when you're, when you're garage selling in the, the summer and it gets like 10, 30, 11 o'clock and all that shit on the tables is made out of hot lava. Yeah. <laughs> It's not well, and by then, like all the good stuff is it's gone, gone. Mm-hmm. because all the the true collectors show up at like seven thirty. They're ready to rumble. Yeah, and so by ten eleven, it's just not. See, even and worth I going. like to go after, because that's when I always find the little precious stuff that is left behind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like with Linda sales, I love going at the end. Like some on some things, I will send my husband to go get. Yeah, first thing because I usually have to work. Mm-hmm. On her first days, but I like to go afterwards because then I'll be like, oh, look, <laughs> nobody looked under the table. Yeah. <laughs> right. And she has that her third day of her sales are always really great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it, there's still so much great stuff left. Yeah. And it's cheap. She, she just lets you take it practically. Yeah. She's really great at clearing stuff out. Like the people that live in this home don't want to pack the stuff. They don't want to move it. And they don't necessarily, they're not looking at the huge profit side of it. Yeah. They're just like looking yeah, at the workload like, side yeah. of it. Get it out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was, we've talked about this estate sale a lot. This, the one that was on the numbered streets. Yeah. And that sale, Melissa had gone, we both went like three times yeah. to that sale. <laughs> but there was the same amount of stuff every time. And now they're trying to sell that stuff on Facebook. For like three times what it was listed at that sale. And that's what just, I mean, I get it. Some things are rare and, you know, are worth the price. But in that instance, like, no, Mm because I've been to that house several times and you've never lowered the price once or they won't even haggle. No. Yeah. 
Like no. I wanted it. Like I can't remember what it was a pie dish, and they wanted twenty bucks for it. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. Can I? I was like, I'll give you ten, and they're like not, eighteen. Yeah. I'm like, what? That's not eighteen. Even. Like that's no, no. That's not how this works. Yeah. yeah. They had remember there was a there was a hand painted sign that was not big. It was like in a frame like this, and it said like a mother poem or something. Mm-hmm. They were trying to sell it for twenty five dollars on Facebook. Wow. And then that there was an armchair. They first listed it for. 30 and i was like killer deal uh-huh. sent a message never heard back because they relisted it for 60 dollars what that, so they had so many people, people interested yeah, yeah. That they were like oh we can get more for this yeah that's ridiculous and then they had you remember in one of the bedrooms there was that like plastic yellow light that yes. was like yeah, yeah, undulated yeah. right yeah first ten dollars uh-huh then it came down guess how much it's listed for currently oh, no it's so astronomical. Fifty. Hundred. <gasps> Up. No. More than a hundred? Hundred and fifty dollars. What? That's insane. That's Etsy or eBay Here's price. Here's the thing. If you couldn't sell it for ten dollars, mm-hmm. what makes you think you'll send it for a hundred and fifty? And people in our area generally yeah. will never pay that much. No. That's why it's so hard to find stuff around yeah. here because it's a good price, it's gonna get snatched right away. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, wow. Okay, guys. That's how you want to do That's it? That's sad. But that house was, they they had some true mid-century um, yes. light fixtures, like swag lamps and oh, stuff. Oh, man. That yeah. If they had, like, one, I think one of them was listed for like $1,200. Yeah, the big hanging. It yes. was like a yes. big hanging swag light. It had like six pennants. Yeah. And, and they were all different colors. Mm-hmm. Honestly, if that had been even half of that price, I would have been interested. But they won't budge on it. No. Like $1,200 in Idaho Falls is astronomical. Yes. Like maybe in a bigger city you could get that. Yeah, you might here. be able to get that in Boise. Or Salt Lake. Or, or Salt Lake. Yeah. yeah. But not here. No. No. Yeah. And like, yeah, if they would have entertained, like even uh, they could have gotten $500, $600 yeah. for that. Easy. Easily. Yeah. Easily, but they oh, just. Well, but lost. it's this. It's like the Voldemort thrift store. Yes, they won't lower their prices. They think that mm-hmm. they can't move their merchandise. Yeah, because and it's, you know it's the thing I always say is nobody cares as much about your shit as you do. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're outside, if you're and I, you know, we're a little tainted by it, the three of us, because we are so involved now in co- the collecting community. That we're used to those prices of like what we know is collectible yeah. within the community we right, reside in. Right. But if you step out of that and it's like layman's terms and antique civilians, it's just an old thing to yeah. it's yeah. not it doesn't have anything else no, tied it to has it. No it has no value to the like they just don't care is no. essentially no. And like with certain, like I get certain Pyrex bowls are, you know, mint condition and they deserve that price. Mm -hmm. But a lot of them, it's like, there's so many out there. It's like, I'm not going to pay retail price. I can wait yeah, and I'll find a cheaper one of the same thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, that's the interesting thing about um, any type of collecting community is I know you have something really great and you really, really, really love it. But unless you find somebody else that's in the exact same boat as you are. Yeah. And that's how, like, all my all my vintage anything, I don't pay a lot. No. I mean, if it is something I really wanted, I'd sit there and stare at it. But 
eventually I don't because yeah. it's like I don't need I know that I'll come bad. across it unless it's super super rare well and the yeah. other thing is because I use them and so it would piss me off if I spent a lot of money on something that did just break yeah well even like that uranium glass I just bought I mm-hmm. bought my first uranium glass and I bought it simply because it was marked really low yeah I got each piece for four dollars yeah because like, they're just thinking it's just uh like depression glass they or don't art know. glass no they it wasn't even marked as uranium glass on the tags it was but with the depression glass you had your, your had my, flashlight my black light <laughs> flashlight and i got a lot of looks tell you what people are like what the fuck is this chick doing <laughs> but like you need to listen to the pod yeah I'm looking for bodily fluids in this <laughs> antique store. <laughs> you can't be too careful no. these days. But yeah, it was, you know, I bought, they were nestled in with some pink depression glass. And Did you get the pink depression glass? No, because oh. I have too much already. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I have to find a way to display it. Because I, I think I have two or three boxes of it. I have never been through all of it. I've never opened it all up. Oh my gosh. Ever. How dare you? Sorry. It was a forced collection. <laughs> Sorry. Well, she's not listening. My grandma's not listening. She doesn't even have a cell phone. So <laughs> she's not going to be listening to this. All right, Joe. <gasps> oh, God, I, this is the thing I've been regretting more than anything. This is what you were nervous about. Yeah. So I think I sent this to you. Did you open it? No. Okay. Was cool. I supposed to? Sorry. Where did you <laughs> no. send it? I just, I don't know if I sent it to you or not. It was late last night when I finished doing this, but I was like, they're both going to be very surprised. Because usually when I write, uh, like the show up a little bit and I do the estate sale stuff, I send it to Jill before we record so she can ease her way into the choices. <laughs> I know. I used to read them and then I'm like, no, I'm not going to read them. Because then I just sit there and I'm like, oh God. I will say when I was writing this last night, I don't know what's going on, but this la- the last question made me cry and I wrote it. <laughs> I was sitting there and I just started to like openly weep and I was like, wow, go to bed. (laughs) That's when you know it's time for you to go to bed. You start crying. I'll expound on it after I ask it. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. This is my favorite part of the show. I love it. So did you see Riley's stories where she was like, what do you want to see more of? And I messenger, I'm like, this was like that damn estate sale. I regret every decision I made. Yeah. I was like watching it. I was like, oh, no, (laughs) I want all of it. And then I was going to send her a text to be like, I can't, I'm paying your mortgage at this point. I know. I'm like, don't show anything because I'll just buy it. Yeah. Well, and then, um, oh, speaking of fist fight. Um, we got star stickers from Corkscrew Curiosity. Oh, did you? And they sent duplicates of some, <gasps> not of all of them. And so I'm going through them, and Dustin, I was like, fuck, these are so cool. And then he's like, oh, are those for you and Jill? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a Krampus. <gasps> then there's a hairless cat that has like all the Art Deco stuff, and it's holographic. Then there's two vintage sayings. So we're just going to have to place another sticker order. Girls, you just... They're great stickers. They are so cool. The Krampus one is like... The, I don't know if you've seen the the die-cut Krampus uh-huh. from the 50s. It's yes. like really... It's like a litho uh-huh. originally. Let me see if I can pull it up really quick. I see them for sale in some of those Facebook auctions. And they're so detailed. And they look a little bit like Satan, which I don't hate. I... I'm sorry. I love Krampus. <laughs> I love Krampus. I don't. 
I don't even know what Krampus is. Oh, I love that. Oh. Krampus is, we'll go over it in the curio corner. Okay. He's like the, un, I don't know. The anti-Santa? I think he's like way. the un, like, what, what am I trying to say? Okay, it's this. I found it. And they go, so I've seen these in auctions and I kick myself now for not bidding on them. In an auction, I saw them go for really cheap because this set of four is selling for $150 on Etsy. That's what those stickers look like. The one Krampus sticker. Oh. I have literally never seen that in my life. Really? Melissa. The Krampus I've seen, like they, they like they almost look like a woolly Bigfoot slash goat. Yeah. Oh, it looks just like this. That's what just like that sticker. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Weird. So it looks like this this version of Krampus from the early nineteen twenties, the Art Deco period, looks most definitely heavily related to what uh Christian Satan looks like. <laughs> Hi, my name's Christian Satan. <laughs> <laughs> You could call me Mr. Satan. <laughs> yeah. uh, oh, God. Okay. My friends call me Chrissy. Just because you don't know, I'm just going to look at the Google definition of Krampus for you, Melissa. Okay. He's a Central European folklore. Krampus is a horned anthropomorphic figure because in Europe they have imaginations, not just a fat man that comes down your chimney. He's a figure described as half goat, half demon. Oh. So. Interesting. And he, who during Christmas time punishes children who have misbehaved this contrasts with saint nicholas who rewards well-behaved and there's like he has a he carries a sack on his back that he puts these misbehaved children in and carries them off oh. See, if i would have been told that <laughs> i would have been better yep. and they have a krampus parade in a uh, one european city so they have this parade of these anthropomorphic horned costume beings that look like nightmare fuel wow for christmas i know yeah that's terrifying. Also, yeah. I mean, but so I wonder they do they make a, a Krampus on the mantle thing, like Elf <gasps> on the Shelf? Yeah. They should. Oh. I know there's doll in a hall for Halloween. We're totally doing that. Krampus in the Frampus? Fr Krampus in the Frampus. <laughs> Don't Krampus my style. <laughs> Children. Okay. All right. Back to the Back to the what we're here for. Okay. For those of you that are new to the show. Oh, yes. We must explain. We must explain it to you if you're jumping in in this episode. Every week we write a completely imaginary estate sale walkthrough, garage sale walkthrough. Um, and during this estate sale walkthrough, there'll be several different scenarios where you have to choose. It's a this or that sitch. Not both. Not both. One or the other. You have to figure out your own loopholes. We're not going to tell you about them. No, we're not. And they're purely imaginary, but the one kicker is every estate sale has everything you could ever want in your collection. If you think it's there, by God, it's there. Every time we do this, I can just think, I just remember Emily Kwame. She's like, well, is there this? What mm -hmm. about this? <laughs> yeah, Kim was like, what about this, this? And Emily goes, mom, it's at every sale. And she's like, well, I'm just making sure. She's like, well, but if it's this, I those are them. really expensive. And we're like, it is. It's that. <laughs> It's and then she was listing off like expensive bits, and I was like, for sure. I know. Yeah. I have no clue. It's all there. It's everything. it's everything. So, yeah, if you yeah. think in your brain, going, well, if it's this, I'll get it, that's and what it is. And you regret your choice. If and if you don't, you didn't try hard enough. All right. All right. So, today we are in Florida, a little sunny Ooh, little beach town. I like town. it already. I'm dying. You both are very happy. Love it. I have a giant hat on and barely a maxi dress. Okay. <laughs> We're working our way through. It's a neighborhood sale. So we kind of, we park, we have our carts. We're here to fuck it up. We got a boom box. Sweet. 
Can, so can we I have like a tricycle with a basket on the back? <gasps> yes. That's the only way we're doing it. Okay, sweet. We all have bells. Adult tricycles with bells. With drink and holders. And a cup holder. Yeah. yeah. Drinking margaritas. Jill and I instantly both went to, is there beverages that <laughs> also may have? We got to go yeah. mimosas. Sweet. It's Florida. We don't care. Yeah. And then we're drinking White Claws to hydrate. Yeah. Yeah. White Seems Claws. Legit. Well, we're having uh, Gatorade cocktails. <laughs> We had to stay <laughs> hydrated. Okay. So we stop at, with the first one we pull up to with our little bikes. We're bling, bling, bling. <laughs> <laughs> so we stop at this darling yellow house that boasts in the ad a lifetime of collecting. We walk through the front door and we instantly start to pick through the living room. It's the first thing we come to. And we're picking through various throws and blankets. Shit. The prices are right and we live somewhere very cold. Sweet. <laughs> we do. You can choose between vintage lap quilts that are hand-sewn, linen throws that are hand-embroidered, or afghans. Mm. The real cool ones. What do you pick? I'm going to do the quilts because I can crochet my own afghans. (gasps) Hell yeah. Nicely done. Bad bitch. I can crochet. (laughs) Loophole. Love it. There you go. (laughs) Taking pictures for the patterns. Yeah. I'm thinking I like quilts. I like vintage quilts. I'll go with the lap quilts, too. Yeah, that's what I'm going with also. Sweet. Heavily laid towards the linen, but I like a heavy I know. blanket I on my I do like yeah. a heavy blanket. Yeah, I like if I could afford more weighted blankets, we would have them. But mm-hmm. I don't, so I'm going to settle for handmade quilts. <laughs> just put rocks in them. Yes. Yeah. Oh, that's not what you're supposed to do? I just <laughs> find little rocks out everywhere. Put them in my shirt. Fold it up. All right. So we leave this house and next we go, we go next door to, there's, it's a teal home, bright, sunny Florida houses. And it was lived in by a couple who loved to have their friends over to entertain with. I hate you. I'm sorry. (laughs) We head straight for their home bar setup. Do you pick? There are teal and orange frosted mid-century cocktail glasses. I hate you so much right now. It gets so much worse. I know. It's (laughs) going to. Silver goblets Uh. or Art Deco inspired cocktail glasses. Uh, Hate you. Hate. Hate in like capital letters. (laughs) I'm sorry. Oh, shit. Well, I know what I'm going with. I promise that's as hard as it gets. Mid-century cocktail glasses. That's what I'm getting. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I like Art Deco, but mid-century is more my style. I'm going also with the mid-century frosted boys and frosty boys. (laughs) I'm going to... So for those of you listening, Jill is a big... They watch the Kentucky Derby every year. I know. (laughs) And they have mint juleps in silver goblets. And that's the only way to drink yeah. mint juleps and they're these are vintage antique from kentucky they bought them yeah so that's what i'm gonna go with because mm-hmm. you can't you can't pass up a good goblet and they're they're the og and if they're originally from kentucky then yeah you yeah. can't pass that up you can't all right that was hard though <laughs> i promise it gets better no it does that was that was worse the, yeah who knows? I don't really <laughs> believe you. So we're staying in this home. We go down the hallway to the first bedroom and laid out on the bed are robes in various styles. 
Okay. Mm. There's a sheer robe with soft feather edges in its floor length and dramatic. The front door. (laughs) There is a knee length robe with a nice, the collar and the piping and the buttons down the front. Mm -hmm. And it ends just below your knees, three quarter length sleeves. And there is a calf length simple linen robe with a tie. Hmm. Ooh. Which do you pick? I'm going to go with the linen one. That sounds lovely. Doesn't it? I'm going with the feathers. (laughs) Are you fucking kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to be fucking Scarlett O'Hara drinking (laughs) martinis in my house. Yes. That is exactly what I'm completely nude underneath. Yes. (laughs) I plan on wearing it walking across my backyard to go to my fucking greenhouse, (laughs) expecting my neighbors to be looking into my backyard to be like, well, this bitch is nuts. (laughs) See, and all I can think is, oh, my Lola is going to chew the shit out of those feathers and be pooping it for months. But I will be disassociated enough yeah. to be like, make it glamour. I at the at the numbered street estate sale that we keep talking about, I found this vintage lingerie set. It's like a little yes. you've seen it. You gotta send it. We gotta take a picture of yeah. it. Yeah. It's I don't even know what to call it. I don't know anything about lingerie, but it's like sheer with little polka dots. Um and it's mint green oh my god and it's two pieces one piece is just like a little teddy or not a teddy it's a, a slip basically yeah, basically it's but like it's a, like a baby doll yeah baby doll slip oh. style and then it's got an over you know robe. if you've seen Greece, you know when sandra d is standing on the bed singing in the bedroom the, yeah. the uh-huh. sleepover bedroom years, but yes it's similar to that yellow yeah. kind of negligee oh. she's wearing yeah and so i bought that because I had to have it. <laughs> it was like you literally could not. never worn it. <laughs> I but it's beautiful. It is. It's gorgeous. Yeah, I love I'm it. going with. It was a toss up for me between the linen robe and the feather robe. There is a lady. Um, I can't think of her name right now, but she hand makes these robes on Instagram. She has oh, a whole gee. thing, and they are like tiered. Like she'll do like layers of the like the real sheer like chiffon with different st- types of feathers. <sighs> yeah. See, that's just too fancy. I just, but I want to be fancy yeah. so bad. Like I want to as- ascend, descend down a staircase <laughs> with it spread behind me. Yeah, with one with eyebrow wings. raised. Yes, and like your martini glass. Uh-huh. See, the, my imagination. Do you see how it's working? Yep. Yeah. it's dimly lit. Yep. Somebody has come to my house too early in the morning, and I'm you're like, turn how them on a little I bit, know. and then also make them fear me. Yeah, yeah, right. Goals. All right. <laughs> So this is the question that made me like openly weep last night. (laughs) I don't know why. Okay. And it's still, my eyes are already watering because it's just sweet. Okay. The last house we pop into in this quaint home down the, is a quaint home down the street. What color is it? It's just a simple little white house. Okay. Little shutters. Not a lot to look at, but there's something so charming about it. Shouldn't have a lot outside. So we are just like, it's the last one before we go. Let's pop in. Inside the home sits an elderly woman. I am already going to cry. Sits an elderly woman. She's in her kitchen. I'll take her. She just wanted to be a part of the neighborhood sale, even though she doesn't have a lot to sell. Sweet Jesus, So what she's selling, she's famous in this town for her baking. So we're not going to buy anything from her, but we get to choose which recipe she shares with us along with the story she has for it. Shut up. Uh, like, how do you even think this shit up? 
It, this question was like tell I always I was like sitting there and I was struggling to come up with the last one right and this just came to me and I was like oh man and then I started to cry because so I can see this woman <laughs> sitting in her kitchen just wanting some conversation. <sighs> that woman's really out there somewhere. I know. Find us. So we can choose between these three recipes: pineapple upside down cake, <gasps> apple pie, or angel food cake. And she makes all of them from scratch. Oh, it's the pineapple upside down cake for, for sure. Pineapple upside down cake for me too. Oh, I love this. I'm going to go with apple pie. That's my memory cake with my grandpa. And I'd love to hear somebody else's story of it. Yeah. Do we, wait, can we hear all the stories? Yeah. We'll hear everybody else okay. as we sit. Can we, yeah. Can she just We basically all? sit there for six more hours and drink <laughs> coffee with her. And she's now our best friend and our grandma. Oh, good. I love it. Yeah. Her name is Millie. <gasps> the sweetest. Actually, that was my grandma's. And her brown table with those brown vinyl chairs with floral design. That's where we're sitting at. I love yeah. it. Well, Jill, you did great. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I, we, we've touched on it several different times, but I don't think I've ever, I mean, I thank Jill all the time for being a part of the show, but thank you for being what the show needed to not just be me rambling all the time. <laughs> Thanks for being the, the the one that our listeners can relate to if they're not heavy into the collecting community and they didn't come into it later in life there was a very particular reason you came into my life and i'm glad that we get to do this so stick around for curio corner where jill and i go over some of the interesting things we talked about in today's episode Thank you, Melissa. Yes, thanks, Melissa. Thanks for, for having me. Continuing to be a part of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> We're just slowly making you into this. I, I, I'm all about it. Good. I'm here. I'm here for the long haul. Good. You're stuck with us. Yeah, yes. you are. Stick around, folks. I am so glad that we did that. <laughs> I'm glad one of us is. <laughs> what was it? You have, you're going through the same things that I went through. I know. I last week. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or when we when not when my I just want people to like me. <laughs> I know, and you know, it's a nice way to kind of see like what we put our listeners through or yeah. our guests through too. Well, and it's nice too because you know, like you started antiquing and collecting way early, and I didn't. So mm -hmm. I hope it gives people that are just starting like, oh, I can do it too. Right? Yeah. So no. Well, it it's one of those things like when it's outside of your realm, you don't realize that. Uh, when you start to realize that everybody has their own story, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. And I hope that just shows everybody that, you know, you could be 80 and start collecting. Just start. Just grab, <laughs> just grab the shiny objects. Yeah. Put it in your cart yeah. and then go. And then don't have any regrets. Get out of there. <laughs> and we were, I was so happy that uh, Melissa agreed to sit down with us and help me do that. Yes. I love having <laughs> I know. Her and Spellcheck are the greatest, like, step-in co-hosts. Mm -hmm. Yes, they are. <laughs> that it's, And I want to thank, you know, we talk a lot about what Jill and I do, and we talk about the different members of the show. Mm -hmm. But, like, a moment of appreciation for the crew that helps us oh my gosh, guide the ship. Like, huge. a gigantic shout-out to Gray, our yes. editor. He's the one that makes us sound great. And, like, we know what we're doing. Yes, he does a great job. Oh, and for you guys, um, Gray, you can't cut this. The Halloween ad that you guys hear during the month of October, mm -hmm. all of the music was created by Gray and all of the background vocals and spooky noises and everything I know. were him. 
when you when you told me that, I was like, no, I literally listened to it like ten times mm-hmm. in a row. So we're very we're very very thankful. Gray and I have been friends for a long time, and we're super thankful that he's a part yeah, of the show. So thankful, super thankful to Spellcheck, uh, big time. Um, Spellcheck covers our bases of she writes all of the show summaries you guys mm-hmm. see, and she makes puts us in check. Yes, she does, <laughs> and which we appreciate. She makes sure that I'm you know punctuating where I need to be and doing those things she's a great help yeah she's awesome she really helps us with a lot of background Mm -hmm. stuff and um there's definitely a a lot of things that would not be as polished if we didn't have no we would be it would sound very amateurish Uh although my husband would probably jump in and be like give me that give it to me now (laughs) so thank you to those guys yes for helping us melissa's going to be helping us with stuff that we're uh excited to tell you guys about yes and she's going to be helping us with that, as well as Riley from Darling Diddies. Yes. And BFFs. Jasmine and Kyla. Yes. We love you guys so much. Are all helping us on a project. and But we can't tell you yet. Yeah. It's a secret. But it's a really good one. Yes. We're so excited. Um, thank you, guys. Yeah. And thank you to all our listeners mm-hmm. and everybody who is you know, recommended us on like suggestions anywhere, billboards, cardboard boxes. Yeah. I we always love it, it when somebody puts a suggest, like what podcast should <laughs> I, and then ours is like right. one. I'm like, I'm like, oh, what I do you mean? I didn't even do that. Thank yeah. you. Thank yeah. you guys. So thank uh, you to everybody's listening. Who's been following us on our Instagram mm-hmm. and Facebook. Talking to us, showing your stuff. Yeah, we love it. Keep yeah. it coming. And we also, you know, we ask you guys this every episode, but we're serious. Send us your stories. Yes. It doesn't even have to be that long. I no. mean, you learned, you heard my episode. I, it's not very long. <laughs> yeah. Couple, couple little paragraphs about your teak and we want to share it with everybody. Yeah, we just want to show everybody else. And we talked a lot about some interesting things that I didn't know you collected. <laughs> know. Nobody knows what I collect. Sometimes I don't know what I collect. But I do have to make a correction. Oh, right. Because I talked to my daddy. Um, he actually was a crew chief for... I don't even know if he was a crew chief. He worked on <laughs> F-15s A, B, C, D, and E, Strike Eagles, Whoa-y. and the F-111A. Oh. Yeah, I know what that is. Yeah. I know what all I bet of you it is. <laughs> uh-huh. What, Sam? You didn't have the... Fast guys. Plane flying in the air and being told, what is that? Mm-mm. And you're like, oh. There was still a novelty. It's an F, F, oh. Oh, well, they quizzed you? Oh, Yeah. Oh, shit. Like, I know my planes. Okay. Well, I used to. Now I look at it, and I'm like, that's a C-130. And he's like, no, it's not. And I'm like, okay. Like, yeah, it is. <laughs> Whatever, Dad. Sorry. So there's your, your so that flight correction. So that correction. But yeah. Which, but, I mean, you know. I mean, I'm glad you brought it up. He worked on a lot of planes. <laughs> Which is, like, that's fantastic. I had a friend that was in the Air Force that was an um, airplane mechanic also. Oh. So... Yeah. yeah. We we talked about another thing that gets fixed when it's broken. Yes. And I it's one of my favorite um things and like I say in the episode with the first time I came across it I was like, "Man, that's just what a way to honor something's story." Well, and I, you know, just because it's broke doesn't mean it's not still useful. Right. So the cool thing we talk about um in a way to honor things that are broken and maybe past their prime is Kintsugi. And this, the information I got for this came from medium.com with an article by Andrew Montevani. And Kintsugi or golden repair 
or Kintsukori is Golden Journey. It's a 400-year-old method of repairing pottery while highlighting the infinite story of the piece by not hiding the break, but by emphasizing it. According to, it's just the coolest thing. Mm -hmm. According to art historians, like where they think that this practice came about was there was a shogun, um, pardon the pronunciation, Ashikaga Yoshimasa. Ooh, good job. Thank you. He broke his beloved tea bowl. And it was his favorite. It's what he reached for all the time. It broke. So he sent it off to a manufacturer or factory in China Mm -hmm. to be fixed. And the way they fixed it, which I was like, why the fuck did they pick this? (laughs) They fixed it with staples. To like mend, so like drilled, I'm assuming, through the pottery and then put the metal wire through it. And so... I mean, that... (laughs) For a teacup, I mean... Right. You're like, that works. I mean, it's probably That's worse weird. now. That's suspicious. <laughs> so they he gets it back and he's like, and then it kind of becomes like the like little bastard teacup. Like he's like, I don't really want to use that. It's not my favorite bowl anymore. Mm-hmm. So he reached out to some local makers and artisans and was like, can we make this better? So they, you know, sat and thought and they cr- came up with a creative solution to mend the gaps with a golden lacquer. Mm-hmm. So they mixed um, pigments and crushed up like gold or platinum or jade or anything like that into the holes and then re-smoothed it, re-sanded it. And so now those cracks and breaks were beautifully gilded and decorated. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. There's some really pretty ones out there. Yeah, and it came back to be his favorite bowl. And then this quote from the article really struck me. The Kintsugi approach instead makes the most of what already is. Highlights the beauty of what we do have, flaws and all, rather than leaving us entirely grasping for more, different, other, better. That is a good one. Right. And I just, you know, I had seen it and I've seen it all the time and it just was, it's just beautiful. What a way to honor things yeah, and stories. And, you know, I always try, if I break a bowl or whatever, I always try to repair it. Mm-hmm. But I don't have gold and all that kind of stuff. Right. Oh, I think they. I've seen people do it. Like they'll fix something the best they can with like uh, some type of adhesive. Yeah. I and then usually... they get those gold like paint markers. Oh, well, maybe I should do that. Yeah. But yeah, like because you know you saw some of my Pyrex because we're mm. recording in my house right now. Yes, we're in Jill's basement. That's so fun. And but... I got to see. This is the first time I've ever seen any of yeah. your collection. This is the first time I've seen it in a long time. <laughs> but. <laughs> But you saw some, like that bowl I have is all scratched up and, and, you know, I do have some pieces that are still in very good condition. Mm -hmm. And as my husband will tell you, we're not using them, but we are going to use them. Yeah. I know. It's funny. He's like, don't, no, no, no. Yeah. He was like, stop it. Stop picking it up. (laughs) But to that, it's to that sense, it carries a memory Mm -hmm. and I I probably romanticize them way more than they are, but. I like the bowl that's scratched. I'm like, I wonder, you know, some, you know, grandkid was trying to carry it and like hit it against something. I don't know. Right. But yeah, I just love that. And it's really beautiful. It's super awesome. And it's almost like humbling. Like it's like you've made something, but you've always made it better. Right. Longer. And I always hate when I get something right that's in like pretty great shape and then it breaks in my possession. Yeah, that's a lot. And then I'm like, oh, God, your life ended with I me. I know. I do the same thing. and But I don't want to not use it. Right. Because uh, I don't want to put it mm-hmm. in a cabinet and everyone's like, don't touch it. 
And then it has like an inch of dust on it because I don't dust. <laughs> it's fine. It That's adds to kids. it. Just wait for October. Yeah. Well, I had, speaking of kids and shitty like breaks, I bought that lot of Victorian Valentines. Oh, yeah. And I was going through them and my son had reached onto the table and grabbed one and just ripped it in half. Oh. And I was just like, okay, I can be very mad or just that was its. That was its time. That was it. Oh. Yeah, it was a little bummer deal, but it's all right. You got to teach them young. And you collect another thing that I had never heard the term for. And most people don't. I know what it looks like. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so monkey pod. And that one kind of just, I kind of stumbled on because I have a a bowl that's shaped in a pineapple. I can't find it. but um, It'll show up. It will find its way back to me. <laughs> but no, so, and that's something that, you know, is pretty indestructible. I've dropped many of them and they just bounce. So yeah. that's good. I don't have to go leaf. They're not going <laughs> to shatter. shatter. But, um, but yeah, nobody, not a lot of people know about monkey pod. They just think it's like regular wood. It is wood, but they think it's like from, you know, redwoods or something. Yeah. But no. So this, um, I found this information on HowStuffWorks.com, and it Love says, it. Monkey Pot Tree. It sounds a bit strange, bringing to mind a sci- sci-fi vision of a tree that grows monkeys instead of leaves. Most likely not the kind of tree you wanted growing in your backyard. In real life, however, the monkey pod tree is quite common and actually doesn't have all that much to do with monkeys. A monkey pod tree can grow to a large size, reaching heights of 50 to 80 feet with a broad crown or canopy resembling an umbrella. The canopy is what makes the tree special. It's typically grow, it typically grows about 100 feet in diameter, but can go as big as 200 feet if the tree is very old. The canopy grows biggest when the tree can grow in an open space where it has the freedom to spread out because the canopy of, on a monkey pod tree can grow wide. It makes it a great shade tree. Wow. But, yeah, I mean, and I, they have flowers and... It's like, I don't know. I love it. It's so cool. And and I don't know. It's like one of those things that I kind of like feel like it brings me back to nature because it's like I hold it. But I love it because it's like the wood grains in it and people who make the dishes and stuff, they're so smooth. And the only thing is, is you can't dishwasher those babies. So you got to really be kind of kind of baby them too, I'm sure. A little bit like some of the. So when I wash them, I'll oil them again and all that kind of stuff. But they come in like plates and bowls and utensils i've seen utensils oh I've like salad cups. serving stuff yeah i think i do have a salad serving wow. bowl now that i think about it but yeah so i had never heard of that ever I know. and the fact that you know i was like wondering where the name came from mm-hmm. i was like where did they yeah and they're really they're awesome trees i wish we could grow them here in idaho right no, we can't. It's too cold. It's too cold. I'll have to put the picture of those trees up on the Instagram. Yeah, we will. The other stuff that's up on the Instagram, the highlight from uh, tonight is the <laughs> boxes of Jill's antiques. If you want to laugh, go look up. It's under Jill's teaks on the highlights in our Instagram Just bio. know I needed everybody to know not to damage my boxes. <laughs> Break this. Don't come at it with a knife. Don't even. <laughs> you know, we we talk about some different things like about just where we live and one of the big things here is the INL which is the Idaho National Laboratory. Yes. And my grandfather worked for the, it's kind of it's like it's, it's one of those things you know at least one person who works there. Yeah. It's where like, in my case I think 
you're the only friend that I hang out. Well, no, I have a couple. No. Like where my spouse doesn't work there and I yeah. don't work there. Like a lot of my friends work there. And so when they talk, I'm just sitting in the corner with my glass of wine like, cool, guys. <laughs> yeah. And that's, the, you know, I grew up with it. My dad worked out to the site. Mm-hmm. We call it the site. Yeah. You know, some people refer to the INL and then they all have their own acronyms. Oh, my God. Which are the, all the, the different acronyms. Right. So when I get a new client that moves to the area to work at the site, I ask them, I say, what's your acronym? And then they look at me like cross-eyed and I go, where do you work out there? And they'll say it. And then I go, this is your acronym. I know. They say the whole word mm-hmm. and it's like, oh, no, that's not what Yeah. So my, my, when my grandpa left the Air Force, when he retired from the Air Force and they moved back home, that's where his job was and he retired from. He worked. So there's in town. Yes. And then there's out on the there desert. Is, that is two distinct different areas. And two d- different distinct type of employees. Yes. So my dad worked out on the desert. Yeah. And uh, my husband works in town. Mm-hmm, and my grandfather worked in town. Mm-hmm. And um, this is directly from the Idaho National Laboratory.gov website. That's how you know it's serious. <laughs> I know. So the INL is part of the U.S. Department of Energy's complex of national laboratories. So I don't know if your husband travels. Um, he used to before the vid. Pre, pre-vid. Pre-vid. No, he used to travel a lot to the point where it was like normal. And then when he would stay for long periods of time, I'm like, why are you still here? Because mm-hmm. you have a nuclear reactor I'm to go like, to? Just like, don't you have to like write the stuff and talk to the people? Because mm-hmm. my husband, that's what he does. He kind of. He does a little of everything, but he's very good with like socializing. He's kind of like a liaison. Yeah, kind of. Like he's very like he he's like a nerd junkie for like political stuff yeah. and like he can talk the science nerd lingo. Mm-hmm. Like he'll talk to me and I just glaze over. Like, I don't know. I'm like I don't know what you said, but that sounds great. So it's the laboratory performs work in each of the strategic goal areas of the Department of Energy. So there's energy, national security, science and environment. And the INL is the leading, the nation's leading center for nuclear energy research and development. And back in the day, it also worked as the Naval Reactor Facility, mm-hmm. which is NRF. Yes. That's where my dad worked. But oh, he okay. was not a part of the Navy. So it started as a naval base out here for training, mm-hmm. submarine training Which is and really stuff. weird. I bet those poor people when they were like, we're going mm-hmm. to the Naval Reactor Base. And then they come in like, it's yeah. the desert. It's literally the middle of nowhere. There's no water. Yeah. And so that's where my dad worked and um, when the Navy was in town. And then, like, you know, the world's so small. When I worked for a hair care company, one of the guest artists I worked with lived in Idaho Falls while her husband was in the Navy. And one of my other clients delivered her youngest child. Stop. Yeah. Right? What are the odds? So that is uh, the INL. The yeah. So whenever we refer to that, it's just because everybody's involved in it in some way. Yeah. I try not to get involved with it at all. Yeah. I have to go to the fancy dinners sometimes. Oh. I like when they used to do family day. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. The kids always loved that. They'd bring all the cool stuff. Yeah. But um. And we talk about your kids. We talk about my kids and how freaking expensive they are. Yeah. Um, because we were smart. We got married, bought a house in the same year. And then like, what, two years later, we had twins. Ew. Woo. We we didn't like money. No, why would you? We didn't want how money. How dare you? But um, somebody did ask me one time, like, how how much is it? 
to have twins and I just because they didn't have children and I'm like just think of like the most expensive thing and it just keeps asking for money Mm -hmm. the older it gets the more it wants yes it's a money monster eating Mm -hmm. creature and I have two of them at the same time yeah um but just so to give you guys an idea, um, I looked on this website called verywellfamily.com and it said, an estimated by the United States Department of Agriculture indicates that the cost of raising a child single oh God. born in 2015, that's the latest date that they had figures on. Um, so the child born to the age of 17 is 233610 Dollars, Jiminy Christmas. That doesn't include college. What's that? <laughs> That's why my mom was like, "Pay for that yourself." That's why I'm like, trade schools are great, guys. Yeah, <laughs> ding ding ding. Um, and that was in 2015, right? So five years later, add probably like two hundred thousand more. So what is it for twins? Shit done. Oh God. So um, for uh, they said it was. I want to say I read it was like $750,000. Oh. Just because a lot of twins are born premature, like mine were. Mm-hmm. And so they had to spend ooh, a little over a week in the NICU. Wow. Which, yes, you know, I want them to live. Right. So, yes, I will put the, and then you get the bill and you're like, oh, shit. Uh, can I go like clean some rooms? Right. Can or I work here serve forever? the food? And <laughs> I mean, I did work at the hospital <laughs> at the time. And I was like, do I get a discount? Yeah. Like, where's the frequent flyer for yeah, this? Yeah, I just remember before our insurance kicked in, it was a hundred thousand for each child. I my face my eyes are wide open so hence the reason i started to go to yard sales and <laughs> you have to but yeah so they had to be on special formula we had to buy the special diapers because they were teeny tiny we had to buy special monitors to make sure that <laughs> they were alive <laughs> oh my god wow a hats off to you i know and so hats. this is why when anybody's like oh I wish I had twins. I'm like, no, you don't. No, you don't. Nobody wishes that. I didn't wish it. I remember when I was pregnant with my son and you were in my chair and it was when he was really active. Yeah. And I had this like connection of things and I just looked at you and I went, oh my God, you had two of this. Yeah. And you would just nodded at me. I know. I, both my really good friends, they when So, cause I got pregnant before they had kids and so they were just like, oh, I can't imagine, you know, and like the typical things you tell people if yeah. you've never had kids, you don't know like, what to the say. The nice way of saying, holy fucking shit, yeah, I'm like, sorry. Your life is screwed. <laughs> yeah. Your body's never going to be the same. Like, oh, too. Yeah. Like, oh, that's so fun. I guess you're done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one and done. Am I right? And yeah. then they're like, yuck, 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 yuck. You're like, no, really one and done. Yeah, for sure. But no, when they had their first and... Like their pregnancies weren't too bad, so they were like, okay. But when their babies started crawling and like getting into stuff and stuff like that, they're just like, I just had that holy shit moment when I was like, oh my god, Jill had two of these, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I know. I'm like, and then I'd always get the, <laughs> I hated this question so much. Oh my god, how do you like? 
how do you do this? Like, how did, how, like, how do you do it? And I'm like, well, if I don't do it, they die. Yeah, it's really bad. I told that to a woman one time and my husband's like, shut up. He's like, well, pump the brakes. He's like, okay, Jill needs a nap. It's time to go. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so sick of that question. Like, yeah, how do you? Or I'd get, because they're a boy and a girl. Mm-hmm. And I'd get asked if they were identical. Which, like, okay, yeah, they look like siblings, but they <laughs> don't look like identical I twins. So and weak. also, yeah. one is a boy, one <laughs> is a girl. I know. So we were in, I think we were in Old Navy, and we were, I just like, we need to get out of the house and tired. Let's just do something. So we went to Old Navy to buy them some outfits or whatever. And this woman, and like, I don't know why people think they can, like, touch your babies. Like, I don't understand oh, no. where they get yeah. that, okay? Nothing turns me into a wolf faster. But I would always cover mine so nobody would, like, feel the n- impulse to touch. Yeah. But, like, this woman picked their blankets up. She's like, oh, my God, twins. And I'm like, I just stared at her. And my husband, being super polite, like, literally, if you guys met my husband compared to me, you'd be <laughs> like, how does this work? It's sweet and spicy. I, it's super, super sweet and really habanero spicy yeah ghost pepper spicy but he he was just like oh yeah you know we have twins and she's like oh are they identical and i'm like no one's a boy and one's a girl and she was like well they still can be identical and i'm like no no they can't and i was trying to be polite Mm -hmm. i was like no one's a boy and one's a girl and she's like well they still can be identical. I just don't understand. I just want to know if they're identical. And I was like, one has a penis, the other has a vagina. And then she's like, oh. And then my husband's like, and we're done. <laughs> Time to go. He does the check, please. Yeah, he does. Yeah. God bless my husband for putting up with Both me. of our husbands. <laughs> Both. I just look at him every day. I'm like, God, I'm a lucky woman that you have stayed with me. <laughs> I'll be acting like a, a dumb dumb at my house and I just look at my husband and I go, God, you're lucky. <laughs> you're so lucky. <laughs> I was like, did you ever think you'd have a, a wife that would just try and twerk? Yeah. <laughs> and then not and then just scurry away in embarrassment. You know, I was doing Wink and finger day. guns. I was being an idiot is what I was doing. And my husband just stared at me and I'm like, that's right. You stuck with me. Forever. <laughs> you married this. You locked it down forever. And ever. But yeah, so twins are not cheap. No. But no child is cheap. I'm not saying anything. Right. When but, uh, I see people with six children, I'm like, how do you do it? No. Like, what's your secrets? Because mm. holy shit. I don't even know. And your children are darling. I've done their hair for, the for most part. a long time. And they are both just like their own person, and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You've really yeah. done a lovely job. Oh, well, thank you. I try. I try not to be the best friend. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> my daughter, when she was little, she'd be like, you're not my best friend. And I was like, that's okay, because Auntie Tammy is. Yeah. And she would be like, just give me the look, like, whatever, Mom. I thought I was going to win. Yeah. <laughs> not right now. <laughs> yeah. But, They're awesome. Yeah, so that's the reason why I vintage shopped. And that was also why the reason when my mom was like, so do you want your great-grandma's pots and pans? I was like, yeah. Yeah, because it's expensive. Hand those babies to me because we were in desperate need of new ones. Mm-hmm. But um, like I was telling, because we thought it was the, I thought it was the clover leaf pattern on them, but 
It wasn't. I actually, they're two different brands. One's um, Starbright, and the other was Duncan Hines. Which, which was surprising. I didn't know Duncan Hines made. They must have done like a, like a similar one and done situation. They're like, yeah. let's get to the pot game. I know. Just kidding. No. Well, and I couldn't find a lot on either one of them. So Starbright, I didn't really find a lot. It was just telling me like where you could, like how much they're going for. Right. Which they're going for, I mean, on eBay, I think I found one for like 50 bucks or something oh, like that. Oh, that's surprising. So I, was, I will never part with mine, but it was just like, oh, well, that's. But the Duncan Hines one, I found like a little blurp on JustCollecting.com. Mm-hmm. And it said, Duncan Hines was an American food critic best known for his book, Adventures in Good Eating, which highlighted restaurants across the United States. Today, the, there is a brand of cookware and food products that bear his name. Okay, hold please. I had no idea it was a food critic. I didn't either. Literally, no. No, I literally thought they were in their kitchen making up um, cake. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. I know. Yeah, so the cookware was produced back in the 1950s by Kitchen Quip Incorporated and then later by Regal Ware Incorporated. And the brand is now owned by Pinnacle Foods, having wow. re- acquired it from Procter & Gamble in 1990. They, they've been around the block. Like, uh, what was the other? Sirocco. Yeah. Yeah. Like it was just like you had to connect the dots. And here and here and here. Um, but they had a little guide for collectors, which um it said the Duncan Hines cookware compromise of stainless steel products such as saucepans, frying pans, skillet pans, egg poachers, and stock pots. One of the most popular products though were was the salad maker, which was first produced in the mid nineteen fifties, and the product consists of five cutting cones, shredder, Whoa. stringer thin slicer, thick slicer, and a waffle. So the spiralizer? So like a mandolin. Oh, okay. And then, so that, and those are typically selling on eBay between $30 and $50. Whoa. And so at present, it is extremely rare for Duncan Hines cookware to be sold through national or international auction houses, but you can still find the brand on eBay. And they gave some references like, um, Back in April of 2012, a six-piece set of stainless steel cookware pots with with the lids um, sold for $152.50. Whoa. And then the salad uh, maker sold for $55. Back in, like, a lot of these were referenced from 2012. But, but yeah. So, I mean, I almost want to kind of buy one now. Right. Just, but I was super surprised when I looked at it. And I was like, Duncan Hines? Yeah. And I had called, I called my mom to see what hers were. Mm -hmm. So I found a little blurb on the ones my mom had, which were the four leaf clover ones. And I would, so I called her at like 1030 at text. I was like, are you awake? (laughs) And she was like, yeah, why? And I was like, it's just random. So I called her and I was like, hi, uh, podcast question. And she was like, okay. (laughs) And I was like, the pots and pans that you have, do you know the name of them? And she was like, what? And I was like, don't ask. You're like, just go find out. So she she got them as a wedding present when she married my dad. Mm -hmm. And they are Club Aluminum, which is one of the oldest. It's over 100 years old as a company. And it was before Avon and Tupperware and all that stuff. You couldn't buy it at a store. Oh, so it was like a home store. You had to like buy it through a distributor. okay. And not like MLM or Avon, like what it was. But um, so there was a 1923 and it was the Club Aluminum Utensil Company. Hmm. And it was 
the new wave of cooking because before that was cast iron. Right. And aluminum had faster heat conductivity. Yeah. And it was consistent. And then the club aluminum lids were one of the tightest seal lids on the market. So what you didn't have to add, like when you were making a roast or doing different things like that, you didn't have to add water that would have evaporated mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. So this, that's why like my grandma and my mom always make their pot roasts in the club aluminum Dutch oven. Oh, okay. And it's not a traditional Dutch oven. It's the aluminum. So it was in 1923. And then in 1925, there was a cookbook that came out that informed of this new technology. And it was like an entire kitchen equipment of processed hardened aluminum. And it had beautiful colors. They came in almost every color. There was pinks and olive greens and lime greens and beiges and reds and browns. And then they had the tight lids and they touted that they thought that the cooking benefits were healthy because of the essential news. <laughs> the, the essential nutrients didn't escape through steam. Right. So they sold the cookware as a party plan by selling it directly to home managers through health lectures. CMLM. So the cookware parties, they were most common from 1923 when uh, they started Club Aluminum through 1933. And then Great Depression made the parties too expensive. And then the company declared bankruptcy in 1933. And then they emerged as a new name, Club Products Standard International. And it was still sold in the same way. And um, they made like frying pans, saute pans, coffee percolators, water pitchers, roasting pans, lids, servers, donut molds, cake pans. And their colors included aqua, turquoise, teal, pink, red, yellow, brown, and silver. Huh. So that's the club aluminum and what I grew up with cooking with. And I now it's one of those things where I'm like, I kind of want some of it back in my collection, like the big pots to cook with. Yeah. No, when I cook with my great grandma's pots and pans, they cook. I love cooking with my cast iron and I do, you have to cook a certain way with the aluminum because they're not nonstick. So you always have to add something Mm -hmm. to it. Always. And when my husband first started, started using, he didn't know that. Bless his heart. It's bad. I had to scrub egg. Oh God. (laughs) My mom always makes homemade vanilla pudding for pies in it. That's brave. Oh yeah. I've um, made um, uh, peanut brittle in mine. Oh, God damn. That's also great. <laughs> you just got to stay. I grew up cleaning them. So that's why I'm like, like, because we didn't really have a dishwasher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It was Nightmare City. So, yeah, it was cool. And I'm glad to know that you still have those yeah. pieces in your collection. And, you know. You and just, they're workhorses. And you found out a little about me. Yeah. I hope you guys find me interesting. <laughs> and to find <laughs> out, if, of course they do. You're very interesting. I like to be mysterious. Yes, an enigma. (laughs) And to find out even more of the things we saw today, make sure to go over and check out our Instagram to see all of the antiques we talk about in your episode and items at the Mothball Prophecies original. And you can find um, our website, themothballprophecies.com. There is an instant submit tab at the top now to submit your listener stories. Yes, which we want. Yes. So please send those to us. We want to share them with everybody. Also, we would love it if you guys uh, rate, review, and share the show with your friends. Um, It seems silly, but for some reason in the algorithm that is all, it really likes when people like and review a show. And it also lets us know what you guys think of it and lets other people know that the show is worth listening to. So as always, uh, we really appreciate you guys. We're so glad that we have found our little community of misfits and collectors. I know. It's been really awesome finding you guys. Met a lot of wonderful people, continuing to meet a lot of wonderful people. Mm -hmm. 
We appreciate the hell out of you guys. Thanks for letting us talk about antiques every week. Yeah. Thanks, guys. And as always, I hope you guys find some good shit. And remember to look under the tables. That's an order. Pronto. Bye. See ya.